0: If you don't lay down, you're going to doggy jail tomorrow. You wanna go to doggy jail?
1: He knows what that is. Right.
0: <laughs> like I could say, do you want to go to Disney World? <laughs> Anything, do you Do you wanna lay down? Lay down. Okay, you know what? Let's just all just start. And if he wants to get off <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: I mean the beauty of it is you could always just edit things.
0: So Yeah. Okay, lay down. Lay down. You can lay down. You're so close to life. La- lay down there you go good boy that's a good boy that's a good boy yeah now sleep for the next hour are you ready i feel like (laughs) (laughs) i don't even like intros i like doing it so naturally like like this this could be the start of it like
1: (laughs) just me choking right at the beginning like
0: all the podcasts i watch i don't do i like i don't see intros so just run it yeah so let's run it hello we're back I don't... It's not working. (laughs) Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Podcast. Today, we have a very, 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 very special guest. Oh, stop. We have (laughs) Content Extraordinaire, a YouTuber with... I had it on here. Over 2 million subscribers. Uh, You do commercials where you throw food around occasionally yeah occasionally we're not gonna say filmmaker Mm -hmm. um (laughs) (laughs) controversial controversial Mm -hmm. anyways it's youtuber daniel schiffer welcome welcome to the it's about time right it's it is very about time we've
1: been talking about this since the inception of i guess when you're playing around with the idea
0: of starting a podcast yeah, dude. Should we? Should I talk? Tell you tell the back story. How did we meet? So, <laughs> so back in I think July. Pretty Not sure. How long ago already? Yeah, it, July. Wow. Uh, back in July, I put out a tweet asking if anyone wanted to be a co-host on a podcast that I wanted to create. I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time, uh, and I got a DM from a person with a zamboni. You got a, their profile from a zamboni. Pictured. Yeah, and I was like who the hell is this and i read the message and it's like yeah my name i don't even know if you put your name yeah no i did i did, did for sure and you're like oh i you know i'm a youtuber i have this many subscribers why don't you like check out my channel <laughs> i didn't say i had i have this no, many subscribers I did, did. did i May, uh, i think i no. said this is my channel and yeah, i attached the link yeah 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 so he, anyways you put your link and i clicked on it and then that's when i saw yeah the amount of subscribers and i was like no way this guy is real i was like that this person is either trolling me scamming me any other word might still be <laughs> it felt like might it might be a long place. you know here. what i thought when i got here today and the security gave me a hard time i yeah. was like imagine he just like just told me to come and it took you like a minute to respond I'm it like- was
1: just a, a slow play to get a Leafs game out of it you brought me to, to the Leafs game and then uh, that's it but yeah just for context I guess I I don't really use Twitter uh, I have a Twitter account with my real name but it's it's not active so I really only use Twitter for hockey content because I'm a big hockey fan big Leafs guy And I didn't want my name attached to that because it would confuse people who know me from YouTube or Instagram or whatever. So I was like, just going to keep the hockey thing separate so I can freely enjoy the sport online. And uh, when you posted that, I, you know, i had been feeling like I'd been in content jail doing the same thing for many years now. So the idea of doing a podcast kind of different from... What I'm normally doing was exciting, which is what prompted me to reach out to you. Plus, you just seem like a good guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here we are. We're recording together, obviously, um, just scheduling and things. I, I'm not able to commit full time to a podcast just yet, but just yet. Just yet. I mean, it's still in the works. I've been toying around with the idea, but we'll see where the future takes us.
0: Uh, what was I going to say? There was something I was going to say we talked do you know remember how long we talked on the phone for that one day
1: at least like five hours probably more yeah i think
0: it was seven (laughs) which is crazy like
1: yeah we had a lot in common
0: i don't think i've ever talked to someone on the phone for seven hours we
1: we hit it off for sure
0: we did and now what is july august september october november uh, 11 10 months it's almost may
1: i mean our favorite things do kind of collide you know hockey and yeah and content so it works out
0: yeah so i, I do want to obviously talk about your youtube career because your youtube is the big thing i mean sure. i'd say f- i'm not just, i almost said filmmaking uh <laughs> like y- your commercials too that you make is mm-hmm. probably like your bread and butter would mm-hmm. you say that
1: yeah, I mean it just depends. Like it's honestly kind of seasonal. I find in the summer I'm really busy with commercial sort of stuff and then as, you know, the seasons change over, I become more of a um more more in a hibernated state where it's just more content from home and YouTube stuff. But it's a it's a healthy mix of both for sure.
0: What got you into YouTube? I know I, I remember we yeah. talked and you were like you were big into skateboarding, but mm-hmm. how did it all like where did it start and how did it come together?
1: Yeah, so I started making videos when I was a little kid. Actually, it started with hockey videos in my driveway. I was shooting pucks at the net, um, also, just doing a lot of damage to the garage doors. My parents were not happy about that. But I started making little edits of me just shooting pucks. And then eventually, you know, when high school rolled around and I got really into skateboarding started filming little edits of me and my friends goofing around on skateboards. And I guess that's the time when I truly fell in love with the process of creating. And I started my YouTube channel where I was sharing skate videos online, built up a good subscriber base. I think at the time it was probably like 14,000 people, which back then in like 2009, 2010 was a lot. Like that was pretty good back then. Still good. But like back then, especially, um, started getting checks from YouTube, from Google, in the mail, like physical checks, yeah, like I'm OG. Um, and that was enough money to buy new skateboards and camera gear and stuff. So that's where it all spiraled. And then when I went to university and started studying you know, marketing and stuff, I didn't really have time to skate anymore. So the camera stuff kind of went on the back burner But once I graduated, I got heavily back into it because I thought, you know, before I start handing out resumes to corporate jobs or marketing jobs, I'm going to take a real crack at this and see if I can do something with YouTube and social media because I kind of felt like I had the ability and I was very inspired heavily by Peter McKinnon and people like that doing things in the camera world and photography. And I was like, you know what, we need a new fresh face on the block doing, um, some good video tutorials. And I felt like I just got in at the right time. And here we are.
0: Why, I wanna know like why Why video tutorials? Like I know there's a lot of people who do wanna be in front of the camera and you know, be an influencer, be mm-hmm. someone, I guess that does have influence, but you decided to go the route of like, you know, really helping people learn and grow as a videographer or photographer or just editor too
1: yeah I I think I have a good answer for that I I I chalk it up to throughout my life you know my hobbies and what I was into always changed but the one consistent thing was always capturing whatever that was so like I said whether it was hockey or skateboarding or uh just silly videos with my friends um making videos recording things and editing things was always there That was just always what I leaned on as a very consistent form of fun and just uh, something that's kind of gratifying, seeing something start from essentially nothing and watching the puzzle pieces come together in a final edit. And that's, I I guess, when I was trying to think of what am I going to make videos about for a YouTube channel, I just thought, why not make videos about making videos? Because that's really what I love to do is make videos. So, and like
0: when you, you went to University Guelph for marketing, am Mm -hmm. I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that you learned or how much did you learn there that really helped, you know, you transcend or I don't know if that's the right word, but like help you turn into somebody who was, you know, really good at filming and editing, but also the marketing side too.
1: Yeah, there's certainly things that I would have learned in marketing classes that are transferable to marketing a YouTube channel or even filming product commercials and that kind of content. Off the top of my head, I I couldn't just name like things out of the textbook that directly apply. But I think the more important and the more like uh, defining things I learned in university were things like group projects, presentations, communication skills, being accountable for completing your portion of a project, people leaning on you, relying on you to do stuff, showing up to class. Um, in university, it's different from high school because it's not like you have a, a parent waking you up out of bed and, and driving you to class. Like you you got to do it yourself. Like You're paying this tuition. You're paying to be there. You're choosing to be there. It's on you to show up to buy your textbooks and to make something of it. So like that is a big step in maturity for me, especially at the time. Like I was coming from being like a a goofy skate kid to a student and I learned, you know, just to take things a little more seriously and just, um, I, I can't stress enough, like group projects and like presentations, standing up in front of 200 people in a lecture and talking about, a business plan for some fake product uh, definitely went a long
0: way. And I, I struggle with this, but I want to know like your perspective, like being your own boss and really, you know, hammering down the idea of, you know, it's, it's your work. And like, you don't have somebody like um, coming to you and being like, Hey, do this today or do this today how how do you control the mindset of like you know you got to do this and if you don't like it's going to it's going it, to i i don't want to say fall apart but like it's it's the money maker like whether it's cam whether it's videos or product shoots or videos like how do you how do you be your own boss and ha- allow it to be like a healthy work life balance Yeah, I think
1: what motivates someone to um, not just create content per se, but like you said, be your own boss and like wake up every day and work hard. Uh, It's evolved over the years. I think it started off as um, when I was done with school and I was on my own and I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Uh, It came from a place of I don't want to just apply to an office job. I don't want to just hand out resumes for a marketing job. I want to take a real crack at just working for myself, doing this content thing and seeing where it takes me. So a lot of my motivation was um not exactly, I wouldn't say it's I think a lot of people say they want to prove somebody wrong. I wanted to just see for myself like is this belief, is this confidence, is it real? Do I really have something here that I can do? that's at the start and then over time when you start to see results and you see the the comments and the people coming in and saying things like wow these videos are so helpful make more that in and of itself becomes a huge motivator because you feel like you're actually making a difference quote-unquote so to speak
0: and i was gonna say too i know i remember we've talked about it before and i know you don't like talking about like (laughs) subscribers and like but just like take me through like when you first started really hitting a stride like what what was your reaction to all of it what were your feelings like getting to a hundred thousand subscribers then uh, i'm not sure how fast you got to a million but that million too like just what was it no like knowing that you know you achieved the goal and then another goal and it's like you're really rolling on things
1: yeah it's so hard because it speaking in retrospect like i have my attitude about it now and how i feel about it looking back on it which is obviously going to be different than like what i felt at the time so i'll try to answer that as best as i can because it's, it's so hard to remember it like exactly how i felt in that moment but i think i look back on like getting closer to a hundred thousand subscribers that would have been in probably 2018 if i had to guess and i remember when people would ask me like, how does it feel you're getting close to 100,000 subscribers, like you're gonna do it. And my attitude was like, I'm not gonna get my hopes up until I get there. I didn't really think about it. I just kind of shut that out. I focused purely on the content and just making videos. I wasn't really watching the subscribers. Um, I knew it was there. I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't focus on that. The The subscribers wasn't the motivating thing, but once it actually happens, and you surpass a number, like 100,000 subscribers, um, it's just kind of like a, whoa, you know? It's just kind of like a a feeling of, okay, like, this is legit. I'm not just, like, fooling around doing something that's a waste of time. Like, I'm actually, uh, I've actually found something here that has potential that could be a career, I think some people find it sooner before 100,000. Some people find it after. But I'd say for me, that was around the time where I really felt like this could be a full-time job and I can grow this, uh, whether it's like on YouTube or whatever, or if this could lead to something else, this could be
0: something. And the inspirations, like I know you talked a little bit about like Peter McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, and you also did a video with him too. Yeah,
1: done a couple, yeah.
0: what 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 is it like in that, I guess, aspect to like, you know, you, you watch people, um, and I, I've talked to you and you've told me like about people who've reached out to you. And I think it's so fascinating because like, you know, these people are held to such a high influence, but like just to watch someone and learn from someone. And like, I guess, I don't know, would you say you were a fan too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like, what, what was it like to be behind the camera with that actual person?
1: Yeah, quite frankly, I thought I was going to pass out. Like wh- I spent um, two full days filming a video with Peter. And when, uh, when we sat down like to film the talking head after we were talking about the process, I legitimately thought like when we were about to start, I thought I was going to pass out. I was so nervous and my palms were so unbelievably sweaty. Um, because in that moment, you're just like, y- you feel like you've, stepped through the computer screen and you're in this like other universe, you, you can't believe it's real, that it's really happening. And it's cool because the, you know, these people that you see online that you like look up to and they've played such a major role in your career and success, um, that opportunity to meet them and work with them and then have them, you know, compliment you and speak highly of you is just like such a, wild thing
0: who who else like peter mckinnon there mm-hmm. was i know i can't remember i know i have another one maddie maddie hapoya yeah yeah who yeah.
1: else uh i've worked with a bunch of people there there's chris howe um those are the three from like around the city that come to mind
0: did you ever work with matt Delia? is that diavela
1: yeah no i haven't i think we've exchanged comments on each other's videos but i've never actually had a personal conversation with him
0: yeah I, I i'm a big fan of his videos his
1: videos are awesome yeah i definitely draw some inspiration from his stuff
0: there's a lot of work like even with your videos too like i think the last video you posted was like um i don't know how like to, the asmr
1: or like, yeah yeah
0: like that just seemed like it takes it took a lot of time and a lot of
1: effort to do it takes a lot of time but the time goes by so quickly you don't realize like when you're in the thick of it like you're just you're just getting shots and you're just checking shots and editing and you don't realize that it's like four hours six hours have gone by and it feels like it's only been a few minutes
0: and it's because you're having fun what is it like what is it like to have a job where uh it it might not feel like a job Mm -hmm. what what is what is that part like?
1: I mean, it definitely feels like a job. I think th- th- that's definitely a misconception. Um, and it's not always fun. It, it could be frustrating. There's um, all kinds of things that can happen that are out of your control that can swing your mood drastically. When a video is doing well, feels great. When a video flops, doesn't feel so good. So navigating that and you know just trying to not get too high or too low is important. But I'd say... Every now and again, it's important to like take a step back and just think about how lucky and fortunate I am to, you know, spend my days doing something creative and uh, something that just—I don't know—it's rewarding and it's something that I've built on my
0: own. We we talked a little bit about like before the podcast, uh, just about like how when you talk about like people of influence, like you're a person of influence, but you want to stay more like behind the scenes. Um, Where did, like where, where did you, or maybe when did you figure out like that was more of a thing that you wanted to do? You didn't really, as much as you are in front of the camera and you know, you are doing like these fascinating things, you'd rather, you know, just be where people might not notice you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've always just been a low key person. Like I think I'm naturally kind of introverted. I'm not really the loudest person in the room. Um, but the, the reasons that I I started the channel and that I make videos was never to grow a huge following or to be quote unquote famous by any means. Um, I just, I enjoy people appreciating the information and, the content that they find helpful and that's about it like i i enjoy that my content isn't about me all the time it's not necessarily about my personality and what i'm doing day to day in my life it's not about my family and my friends it's just about video it's about content creation it's helping people you know get equipped with the tools so that they can have a business and video of their own and get to where they want to be and that, that's the rewarding part I don't know I just I've never been the kind of person I mean this sounds so like self <laughs> like I don't know how, how it is you a know podcast what I mean? about you yeah I know I just don't want to I don't want to come off like I'm like oh I'm so humble but like I, I just I genuinely have never really cared about like subscribers in the sense that like it's very cool accomplishment i like it for the like the number is just a cool accomplishment but the actual meaning behind it to me is nothing more than oh a lot of people find the videos i make helpful and interesting that's kind of cool
0: and i think too that's it's a good way of looking at it because like you said you know there's like highs and lows and like even i've found with a youtube channel that has 1600 subscribers like if you stay too high like you have a good video and you really want to you know make that next video and make it good and it's not it it doesn't get the same views like it's i i don't want to use depression because that's mental health and it's not really a good word but you know you get down on yourself for sure because like like you get so hyped up about one video and how it's doing and then the next one is like it's not as good, mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's that's it's a good way to look at it, and it's a good way to, you know, navigate. Because if you stay too high, and then, like you know, something not good happens, mm-hmm. like you're gonna be a lot lower than you would be if you you know just understood. You know, the highs are gonna be there, the lows are gonna be there.
1: Totally. I actually have a friend, um, Justin Odisho, who does per- Adobe Premiere. Tutorials. Um, he actually should have been one of the first people I mentioned when you were asking about like who have I gotten to meet that was like a big influence on me. He would be right up there for sure. And now I'm lucky enough to call him a good friend. Um he gave me so much perspective early on in this career where his he always said that his approach was not focusing so much on the micro of each in every video and worrying so much about the performance of each and every video. He liked to call his YouTube channel a catalog and the word catalog stuck with me where it's, you're not, you're not just uploading one-off things here and there and living and dying by each one. You're building a catalog of hundreds of videos, dozens of videos uh, for people to go to, to learn specific things. So If you focus on the process and the big picture rather than microanalyzing every video a day after it's been uploaded, you're going to be a lot better off just it's too mentally exhausting to get so hung up on each piece of content.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess like when you do it too, like you learn, but it is a little bit like it's difficult for someone who hasn't gone through it i guess like i remember i think like when even when you told me how many like how many subscribers you got like i remember i was like holy crap like that it it is insane and to me i still think that's insane but like for you like as much as you're high in terms of subscribers and video views yourself you're like just mellow and you're like it's it like it's cool but like it's also like i don't know like it's uh, uh, what's the word like in england or great britain like they'd say like it's calm like it's it's calm is the only word i could think of where it's like like again it's cool but you're not getting too caught up in it
1: for sure i think it's recognizing what's in your control and what's not in your control um the algorithm is a moving target it's never going to be the same. It's just always changing and you can't control it. All you can control is how much effort you put in and how dedicated you are. And if you put in the work and you stay consistent, good things will come. It's a cliche for sure,
0: but it is true. It's, it's, it's very true. Like, I, I think I remember you telling me too, it's like a TV show. It's like, people come to you whether it's every day or every week to watch your videos and it's like it's a it's like a tv show where every week there's something but if you miss a week people are gonna be like what happened whereas tv shows don't miss a week they keep going it season by season but
1: and that in and of itself is kind of its own issue with (laughs) content um content culture i guess where you feel obligated to just keep going and going and going even when you don't feel like it and i actually recently finally decided to just take a break and i don't think i made a video for like three months or something because i just needed the time to just decompress and like get it out of my system and just come back with a fresh mind fresh studio did some renovations definitely excited about that yeah um but there, it's the thing that YouTubers talk about all the time is just how draining it is and how much easier it is to burn out when you're creating content week in, week out without stopping. Um, things happen in personal lives that can, you know, get in the way of wanting to do work. And especially when it's work that it's not someone just putting it on a platter in front of you to dot some i's and cross some t's like you got to come up with ideas you got to put on a happy face when you turn on the camera you got to be engaging and entertaining so it can be exhausting
0: and uh, what for what like what did you do during break like a break like as long as it was like how much did you how much how f- how far how much did you really step away from like filming videos whether it be like a commercial or Mm -hmm. a youtube video
1: so i was still tinkering so i wouldn't say i stepped away from the camera entirely i was still filming things and trying to learn new stuff and messing around with ideas and things like that but um i stayed off of social media stayed away from reading comments stayed away from uploading anything i just wanted a total detox to get my head out of that headspace there wasn't anything in particular that like drove me to do that it was just time it was just like consistently uploading for that long i was like i need to just actually take a break for once and just figure out what my brain is like when i'm away from it um we got a new cat and then other than that we were just i was very focused on the studio renovations at the at the house in the basement, and that's really it. And just hanging out with friends and taking calls for work and stuff. So I was still working. I just wasn't uploading. Mm.
0: Yeah. I, I I feel like, like making content uh, hockey is, I don't want to say it's the exact same because I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what you go through or anything like that, but like you can relate because hockey is, it's a job where it's not like, there's no off button. Like it's, whenever a team does something, when it, in Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs, for me too, the Toronto Marlies. Whenever they do something, like it's, you gotta be on it. Uh, and that's a that's a big, it's a difficult thing, you know, to to continuously be somewhere and be doing something, and like it's, it's really cool to see someone like you, like you know how much you've accomplished you know, take a break and you know really I guess I don't know if you evaluate anything or just like, you know, you stay away from everything, like social media and like I was gonna ask too, like comment sections as a YouTuber. What what are those like?
1: Uh you gotta know how to decipher what is worth taking to heart and what isn't. Um I'd say overall, it's what you'd expect. I don't think there's anything in there that would surprise anybody. It's social media, the online world is a crazy place. But you get a lot of nice things said about you. Daniel, this is so helpful. Daniel, you're so great. <laughs> uh, and then you get the very frightening and scary stuff from, from some sad people. And that's just part of it. Um, but those things, I think at first... They get to you more. I remember tapping my girlfriend on the shoulder after every comment being like, can you believe this guy said this? And then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I can believe it. Like, that's just what people do. Not everyone's going to be nice all the time. There's a lot of nasty. uh, I mean, maybe they're not bad people. They're just going through it. But yeah, the comments are a a crazy place. I wouldn't say it's anything that would surprise anybody at this point. I think we're pretty, I mean, looking at tiktok comments those are way more savage than youtube from what i've seen i'm glad i'm on youtube and not not tiktok
0: tiktok is like i don't know like like when you talk about like people getting canceled or you talk about (laughs) people getting in trouble like i find i don't know if it's just me but there's a lot of dark humor in tiktok Mm -hmm. especially in the comment section uh i'm i'm very into dark humor I, I don't know if I should even be saying that, but, um, but you know TikTok is like, a, it's a different specimen when it comes mm-hmm. to comments. Like it's, it's very fascinating.
1: I think that I was talking to my girlfriend, Sarah, about this somewhat recently where I remember growing up in school, they would give us assemblies and seminars about how to conduct yourself online what to do, what not to do, what to post about yourself, what not to post about yourself, uh, how things you say online stick with you forever. They, they scared us into believing, and it's true, that whatever you post online, like that's like, even if you delete it, it's not really deleted. Um, and I think that the generation, the younger people now that are growing up with phones, like with iPhones and social media, I don't think they, I think social media and online is just synonymous with real life they're one and the same now and that ability to comment something with your face hidden behind a computer screen or a phone is more dangerous than ever because like people just say what they're thinking and they're not always thinking good things so they just say whatever and they don't think that it's going to come back to them but we know it does
0: yeah it's a bit like even like hockey like if the toronto maple leafs like right now we're recording this it's april 28th the toronto maple leafs are in a big playoff series with the mm-hmm. lightning and like they lose a game like they did last night against tampa game five yeah yeah uh I'm not very good at that because i'm covering <laughs> another hockey team thank you very much but <laughs> but yeah like like uh, they lose a game and it's it's understandable. Like fans in Toronto, it's like they ride the highs really high. Mm-hmm. Like, and the lows are as low as they can get. That's the area where I'm bad at
1: taking my own advice because when it comes to the Leafs, oh, my mood is so heavily dictated by a hockey team's success. Oh yeah. When they're doing, when they're doing well, and they're winning games. I'm consuming all the podcasts. Like I'm, I'm so hyped up. I'm so excited. And then when they lose, like last night, like I don't even want to be on Twitter. I don't want to be on Spotify. I just, I don't know. I, I can't handle the negativity.
0: Let's talk about hockey because sure. that's, uh, it's a very interesting topic because that's sort of how we connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you? Were you, Like, was hockey a thing that you grew up watching and you were always really into it?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I played hockey from as long as I could walk. And I watched hockey dating back to when I was a little kid. Matt Sundin, Curtis Joseph. Those are my heroes when I was growing up.
0: I, ha- I have to ask, because you are a few years older than I am, and I can't remember. Do you remember when the Leafs won the, their last playoff round like yeah
1: but it, it feels like a memory of a memory at this point it's not like it's it's deep in there somewhere but like if you were gonna ask me to recall specific moments I, I just can't i i remember watching some of the games i remember that series happening but i don't remember the win i don't remember the energy i don't remember who scored how many games was it game seven I think, I think it did go seven games, but yeah, I I remember very little of that.
0: I saw a video, um, and it's crazy. Like 2004, it's, I I think it's so crazy. Like it feels like everything has like cameras, video has grown so much since 2004, uh, I watched one video and it was on like do you know under in a, that's a I can't say that word under <laughs> <laughs> uninterrupted Canada or uninterrupted.
1: Is this the one where everyone's in the streets partying after the wind? Yeah, there yeah. was like a
0: Leafs a Blue Leafs car and yeah, there's someone yeah, yeah, in yeah. it and they're banging the hood. Yep. Um, there was people climbing on a transport truck.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was like the raptors uh it was like what downtown looked like after the raptors won the championship only this was just the leafs winning the first round in 2004 um would love would love to
0: see that again as we're recording this like (laughs) this is gonna be out after the series is over so Like, what do you what do you think will happen? Just
1: insert. Bum, 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 if
0: if this <laughs> happens, I'm putting a clown face on your face. I don't even know how to do that.
1: Um, I, if I had to make an honest prediction, I this is going to be so stupid in hindsight because people watching this probably know the answer already. But just seeing the way it's unfolding and the way history has gone. It's hard to, I'm just so cynical. It's hard to think that they're going to get over the hump. You're a
0: Leafs fan. You yeah. You think
1: of the worst. I, with every fiber of my being, want them to win so badly, but I can't convince myself that it's even possible. So there you have it.
0: I'm an optimist. I'm not a Leafs fan anymore. I'm a unbiased journalist. God bless who, you. <laughs> who might have, you know, a little tiny ounce of wanting the Leafs to win. Mm-hmm. I think they'll do it in game six. I hope you're right. I'm only saying that because I need to be in the square to take photos. (laughs) And I would like a nice win so I can stay there until like 12 a.m. and take photos of people climbing cars. Valid. But. Quality content. I also understand where you're coming from. And I do think that if they lose game six, they're not winning the series. I think if they have to. I, you know what it's I hate playoff hockey I really do I don't like the stress um I don't like how the game is like uh what is it it's like it's a game of inches like mm-hmm. it's it's so difficult to win a you can win off a bounce like we've seen in two overtimes where like a shot from the point beats Andre Vasilevsky (laughs) Vasilevsky Um, shout out Derek Lalonde Mm -hmm. given all the uh, secrets (laughs) and then John Cooper saying it's got to be accurate if you're sharing it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah no it's uh, playoff hockey it's exciting it's fun but it's also like stressful Yes. Uh yes. <laughs> I can't I you can't comprehend it really. Mm-hmm. Like it's I remember last year when they lost. Um I was meeting my girlfriend Asia. She was she was working like this side job at uh can't remember what it's called, but it was a theater right by um St. Lawrence Market. I think it used to be called the Sony center, but it's not mm. called that anymore. But anyways, like I remember sitting there after they lost, cause I was at the square recording video. And, like I was just, I was like, what now? What do we do for the next <laughs> yeah. year? Don't remind me. Like if they lose again, it's going to be like, what are we going to do for the next year? Because the regular season, as much as it does matter, it, it also does not have any,
1: it's lost a lot of meaning to this
0: city, for sure. It has, and like as much as like there are storylines and there are like you know interesting things that can come from a regular season, like there's there's not much that matters still. Like Austin Matthews winning the Rocket or the Heart would matter, or Mitch Martin. Sorry, too can't forget about him, but like. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's the, the reality of bleeding blue and white.
0: I don't bleed blue and white, Daniel.
1: I do. I know you do. You should see it. It's do you yell at the TV? Oh, I I scream things.
0: I know I, I said to you before, like, you should do the square one day. Like... Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to, for one, describe to you what it's like. But, like, two, I guess you... When you're a fan, you want to just be that fan. Mm -hmm. And like, like for me, I've sort of tried to put that aside. And like, I don't, I, when I'm at the square, I don't, I don't watch a lot of the game. Like, cause I'm trying to record reactions. Yeah, Yeah. But like, I guess for you, like you would want to, you would want to be that person that I'm taking a photo of.
1: That's the thing. I'm dialed in when I'm watching. I'm like, (laughs) laser vision on the tv screen no distractions no distractions no distractions no you got a notepad too bathroom breaks no no notepad but the bathroom breaks are only an intermission
0: only no commercial break no commercial
1: no there's not enough time (laughs) not enough time uh that's it i don't know i just need to be locked in you know
0: there have you have you seen like aside from the videos there's how much How much do you scroll on TikTok? fair amount. Have you seen, there's a place called Fan First Network. They were, Steve Dangle, the Steve yes. Dangle podcast yeah, yeah. shouted them out. Yeah. There's, you watch those videos. They're good. Like, I don't know the people who, who do it, but shout it to them. If I ever
1: end up on there, that would be the end of my career, probably. <laughs> I don't know what I would say.
0: There was a guy, I don't know if you, you saw it. He's bald and he was like talking about the Leafs and he he takes he has like a Gatorade bottle and he dumps it on his head and then he pulls off his Leafs shirt and he has this Habs shirt. He's like fuck the Habs when they're not even around.
1: (laughs) Makes absolutely no sense but it's gold content for sure.
0: Oh that like it it, again like I can't cheer for the Leafs but it is hilarious. Like, you've you've told me about, like, you've worked with Coach Jeremy. Yeah. First of all, what is that like? And second of all, have you worked with Coach Chippy?
1: No, I've never met Chippy. Um, I don't even know if Chippy knows I exist. But Jeremy is, Jeremy and Hayden both are probably, like, the two nicest human beings I've ever met. They're solid, solid people. And... Jeremy is another one. Another one I should have mentioned talking about people I looked up to and whatever. He's so good with content and just mindset and his energy is infectious. Um, I think I owe a lot to him for just the things he's taught me when it comes to just being a content creator and just, like I said, mindset. It's hard to quantify it, but like, just the attitude you need to have to have longevity in this industry
0: what is it like you know to have someone like that too you know who who creates content about the Mm -hmm. sport you love like that aspect of it too yeah it's
1: cool i mean a lot of it is uh you feel proud because part of me wishes that like i could do what he does because your two worlds are colliding where it's content and it's hockey And I dream of one day being able to do content in hockey and I've dabbled here and there, but, um, to be able to do that full time, you need a lot of talent. You need to be good at a lot of things. You need to know what people want to see and he's mastered it. So it's a lot of, you know, being proud and just impressed for sure.
0: That was going to be one of my questions too. I just, I didn't actually just think about it, but it just came to mind as like, would you ever dabble in trying to, maybe like work in hockey but even like what Mm -hmm. would that look like for you like well if there was a chance for you to work doing something in hockey like what would you want to do
1: i have no idea at this stage but like i can see myself in another lifetime like (laughs) when you know what i'm currently doing when there's you know a lot more newer better younger people and i'm no longer needed then maybe hockey's where i'll go maybe hockey content in some fashion or another but can't think about that right now because what i have going on is just already so time consuming and it's a lot of work and it's still working for me so got to keep the train moving and then yeah maybe one day you never know
0: and what like for the future of your youtube like Mm -hmm. like what are you looking to do with that as far as no, no,
1: I have no idea. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's taking it day by day, just like seeing like what comes with each video. There's slow evolution, slowly incorporating different things and trying new things, seeing what sticks and what doesn't. But, um, it's so hard. Like my channel today is not where I predicted it five years ago, you know, not at all. Things change, you know?
0: Yeah. What is, What is that? Like, I want to know from your perspective, um, for me when i started this podcast and even when i reached out to you Mm -hmm. or you reached out to me or whatever happened yeah uh like i was at a point where you know i was i felt burnout and i didn't know whether or not i really wanted to stay in hockey like it's so interesting you know like when i started school my dream was to be a Maple police beat reporter And I was... Like, anyone ask me if you want to do anything else, I was never... Like, there. I could never see myself do something else. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first started doing YouTube, or maybe, you know, when you first started growing your channel and you knew what you wanted to be, like, for one, could you ever see your... Did you ever see yourself, you know, changing? And, like, just when you look back on it, like, how does it feel to really think you know i wanted Mm -hmm. to do this thing for so long this thing specifically and then you know my mind shits mindset is sort of changing
1: yeah it's a hard one to answer because i think at the time like when i was starting you're thinking about where's this industry going and i knew or i was fairly confident that video was going to be huge short form video TikTok didn't exist yet. I had no idea it was going to exist, but you knew in some fashion, short videos on social were going to be big for advertising, for content. Um, I didn't realize how big and I didn't know what that would look like, but I knew it would be a thing. So when you say like, how do things change? It's just adapting to the times. When I started making videos was a lot of gimbal tutorials and five tips for better exposure or something like that but as social media becomes more relevant and product commercials and advertising on social media became more relevant that was the angle I gravitated towards enter the marketing degree and all that Um, but yeah at the start I didn't I didn't foresee myself doing a lot of behind the scenes and commercial stuff i thought i was just going to do tips and tricks and gear reviews
0: and what is it what is it like to see the landscape change like when you probably started and it still kind of is like long form content is the best but like there's so many ways to grow now like you have instagram reels tiktok youtube shorts i don't know if i'd put youtube shorts in the same category yet Mm -hmm. but just like you know there's multiple ways to grow now
1: i think the hardest one of the hardest things right now for new creators especially is knowing where to spend their time what is worth that energy and the time and the hours put in to to make something is it long form content on youtube um or is it tiktoks shorts reels whatever it might be because you could spend a few minutes making a TikTok that blows up millions of views and all of a sudden you have a platform, but to turn that into a business, it's what you do with that following, what you do with those views. Can you carry that momentum where I think, and I'm by no means an expert. I I might have no idea what I'm talking about. All I can speak for is just long form content on YouTube and what I've observed of short form content. But I do think that having a base on YouTube, on a platform where you can really have leverage with sponsorships and advertisers, it's just such a better way to spend time. And if you could do both, even better. But obviously early on, it's, it's hard to know where to spend that time. I just think that having put in the time to create a lot of long form content that's just a solid home base it's so reliable it's not going anywhere Um, so i don't know just as a person like fly on the wall who's dabbled dabbled a little bit in short form content but hasn't made a lot i just find if you can hit on long form content it's so much more rewarding i think short form content can supplement long form that's how i view it i think you could use tiktoks and reels and shorts as a way to grow a following but you should be funneling that following into an into a place a youtube channel where you have longer videos that hook people more that are more lucrative and that's just my own opinion right now my opinion next week could be different so i do want to make that disclaimer like
0: the adversity podcast you put stuff on tiktok yeah and then it blows up hasn't yet but we'll <laughs> it see it will and then, yeah, that's 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 like the thing for me for this podcast too. Is like, like you know, I it is it's difficult to really um, find time, especially with another job, to really like focus on. I guess a podcast and like hockey, but like just you know trying to, like you said funneling stuff funneling content like if somebody says something interesting on a podcast you cut that into a clip people see it people start liking it they see your account on whatever platform it is and then it grows i, fi- I to me like that is a very new um way of growing yeah like it's sorry i was gonna say like it's it's a lot different than the golden ages when casey neistat was just mm -hmm. vlogging and you know everyone was vlogging and it was like that was so fascinating like you see someone's life but now it's sort of like content where it's like bam bam you're in and you're out Mm -hmm. you know i guess that sort of thing too
1: Yeah, there's different content for different purposes. I think podcasts are a great example of long form content where, you know, I talked a lot about YouTube, but podcasts, same idea. If you could clip up a podcast and get a lot of views there to funnel traffic to the main podcast, it's huge because that's where, you know, advertisers and sponsors want to go is in those high traffic, high retention areas. Um, And yeah, like, as for the vlogging versus podcasts, I'll just, um, the way people consume content is so interesting to me. Even just hearing, like, I have friends who, like, for example, I listen to the Steve Dangle podcast all the time. It's probably the number one podcast that I listen to. And I exclusively listen to it in the car on Spotify. Whereas I have friends who also listen to it who say they only watch it on YouTube uh, like while they're working or something, they have it on their laptop. And that's interesting. Cause I, I don't really, I don't watch or listen to podcasts on YouTube really ever. It's just a, it's in the car. It's on my commute, wherever I'm going. That's like when I have the time to consume that. And I think for some people watching a YouTube video might be during breakfast while they're eating in the morning. Maybe it's like they're still in bed in the morning. I feel like most of my views are in the mornings for some reason. Um, Could be at lunch, could be at night when someone's unwinding. Maybe someone's at their nine to five and distracting themselves. But overall, it just depends on the the kind of content, but more than anything, the the viewer.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to ask two more questions. The first one, you know, as someone who edits a fair amount, I'm curious to get your thoughts on AI because like, there was like speaking of podcasts like there was one video that i saw and it was like i guess this podcast um and it was like getting chopped up like you had i guess you'd connect like match the audio to the camera and like ai chopped it up for you like what do you think about ai in the editing space i think casey
1: neistat summed it up perfectly um did you see his ai video
0: ah yes i did that was a very good video
1: so for context casey neistat did a vlog that was scripted entirely by ai he had chat gpt or gpt4 script out a whole vlog in a casey neistat style and he made the vlog and it very adequately and successfully produced a script for a vlog but it was lacking a human element so casey called it the soul and that's how i feel about editing like you can have something chop up very clinically a podcast, something that doesn't require a lot of um, creativity. So like, don't get me wrong. Podcasts can be very creative. I just mean solely in the editing phase of just chopping up audio and making clips and syncing the very technical things that are just laborious laborious. I never know how to say that word properly, (laughs) but the things that are just kind of tedious AI is a great tool right now to do those things and save time. If you're trying to composite a shot of, uh, of cereal flying out of box or um, j- just something that like, I-, I could be eating my words. AI will probably get to a point where it can do those things. But right now it's not there yet. I think there's still an element of creativity and the human touch that is needed in content. Um, That's how I feel about it for now. Could always change, though.
0: I think it's very scary.
1: Like I've heard people say that. I, I don't understand the scary thing. It's the whole, like, robots are taking our jobs kind of thing. Is that what you're getting mm, at?
0: No, it's like... It's sort of like... I guess, like, in a sense, to me, it's like sort of trusting a camera to do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trusting AI to really do like the editing process, the work for you. Whereas like, for me, like I'm a perfectionist. I like yeah, things. Yeah, but why,
1: why can't it be both, right? Why can't you use AI to do like the first few passes of a video, like get it to a point where like, okay, it's already cut out the stuff. Like I know I don't need. Now I can get in there and do the nitty gritty, like little yeah, touches. See, that, that makes you know?
0: sense. But I think I've just watched that one video where it just chops up the entire podcast. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, it, it's real. Like, I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And like, it would take a lot to trust it because again, I'm a perfectionist, but like, it's crazy to just to, you know, see something doing your work for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, that's the amazing part. Like editing a podcast like this takes like two hours max or maybe minimum mm-hmm. just because you got to listen to the whole thing. And like edit and like you know chop camera things up and whatever like that would be amazing if like ai could really just do that and it looks like it already can
1: yeah it's getting to a point where it's real good but i I do think it's always going to be a team effort between robots and humans i don't know if the robots are going to win entirely just yet (laughs) so you think the robots are going to take over the world they might i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't say that (laughs) the 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 one question though i did you sort of answered it throughout Mm -hmm. the podcast but i did want to ask like if as someone who's you know has a platform has a following on youtube like what if you could offer one piece of advice to somebody who's maybe starting a youtube channel in whatever it may be like what would that one piece of advice be
1: it's so hard i get ask this all the time and it's so hard to not be a cliche but it's be patient it takes time stick with it you got to upload a 100 videos to know if you're on the right track or not if you're getting results you're doing something right um but if you if you're doing something for a long time consistently and it's not getting any traction you probably need to switch up your plan, but I think it just takes a lot of consistency to even get an answer of if what you're doing is worthwhile. And I think most people don't stick with it. They try it for a few weeks or a few months and then they stop. I wanna say I did it for at least a year before I saw real traction and that's like uploading two videos a week consistently.
0: Well, there you have it folks. If you wanna be a YouTuber, Stay consistent. That's it, yeah. Do not miss a day. Do not miss a week. I should not be saying that, actually. Well, the
1: the one thing I'll add to that, which I think is probably better advice and maybe something a little bit more that people can grab onto, is make sure you're making content that you actually enjoy making. If you don't enjoy making it, you're going to burn out super quick. Um, If it's something that you get excited to do, you're more likely to be consistent and stick with it. So that's that's what I'll say.
0: <laughs> and I think, too, like noticing the burnout and like mm-hmm. if you are ever burning out, you know, don't be stubborn. I find sometimes I'm very stubborn and, you know, I don't want to quit on something or like staying consistent. Like if you feel burnout, like take take that break because mm-hmm. it, it works a lot for your mental side of things. 100% anyways though thank you i do want to thank you again for coming on it's again been a long time coming and it was nice to actually sit down and chat Mm -hmm. with a microphone yeah (laughs) unfortunately if you're watching this this dog right here finn barden keeps coming in and out of the shots and he's panting and you could probably hear it on my microphone
1: Well, he's adding the cute factor. So he got that going for you. Maybe that's a TikTok clip right there. Your dog interrupting your podcast. Yeah.
0: Like, look, look right there. Look right there. Yeah. What's that over there? There. There we go. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, thank you for
1: having me. No worries. And thanks for taking me to the Leafs game. No worries. It's a win win for everybody. (laughs) It
0: is. (laughs) It is. Uh, Before we do end off, though, like, do you want to plug where you can, people can find you if they haven't already? Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: my YouTube is my name, Daniel Schiffer. My Instagram is daniel.schiffer. And right now, that's uh, that's all I really care about. That's, that's where you can find me.
0: Amazing. So uh, I, this is the part I struggle with the most, trying to figure out my stuff to plug. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I don't know, I'm difficult with it. Uh, if there's anywhere, nope, that's not how that works. If you want to, <laughs> I'm struggling so you got, hard. You gotta
1: get like... Um, like for my videos, I have, I say the same thing at the end of every single video. So you just need to get one of those and then stick with it.
0: I, You know what? In the last podcast I did, I it came off so good. Yeah? It was like, it just came off the tongue. But it's like, you know, if you want to find the podcast, it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to follow the adversity podcast, it's at the adversity pod everywhere. See how easy that was? Mm-hmm. But it's that it's since there's like two different places that needs to be found. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I get but it. But It's it'll come. It'll come. Follow and subscribe. The Adversity Pod. The ad- at the Adversity Pod. I almost said cast at the end. Anyways, though, thank you so much for watching. The person creates the journey. The journey creates the person.